Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Friday. This is Seattle Now. There's something for everyone in the Pacific Northwest, but if you're passionate about foraging mushrooms, our region is one of the best. Back in the spring, I spoke with author Daniel Winkler about how mushroom hunting helps connect us with nature, and you might find a few things to eat. But before we start foraging, a quick reminder. Every Seattle Now episode this year was made possible by you. Your support is the reason we can bring trusted news, storytelling, and conversations to everyone. And your gift keeps on giving. So thanks. As we all look forward to 2024, consider joining the dozens of Seattle Now listeners who make our work possible. The Pacific Northwest is a jewel, and one of the benefits of living here is the abundance of edible mushrooms. Last fall was a disappointing season for foragers. The rains didn't show up until mid-October, which cut the season short. But now it's spring, and while peak morel season is behind us, it's prime time for oyster mushroom foraging. It's a fun, not completely risk-free way to get out. Each year, once or twice, I happen to fall, you know, whether there's a hole I didn't see or I slide off a, off a tree and, you know, then spread my basket far and wide. And, and so getting out in the woods, uh, yeah, you leave the trail. It gets all a little bit more challenging and you definitely got to be careful. And the slower you move, the safer it is. That's mushroom hunter and author Daniel Winkler. His new book, Fruits of the Forest, is a guide to the region's edible mushrooms. I joined him and his mushroom collecting basket on a trail north of Redmond, where he showed me the ins and outs of local spring edible mushrooms. Daniel, first, thanks so much for being out here. Thank you so much for taking the time and Showing the interest in mushrooms, you know, we came a long way here. I mean, yes, Pacific Northwest, there was always a few people interested in mushrooms, but it is really mushrooming now. Mushrooms are really having a moment. It, it's kind of fascinating. Where are we right now? Let's talk about where we're standing. I know we're out in Redmond, but tell us a little bit about where we are. Well, we are right now in one of our most dominant habitats here in western Washington. We are in a hemlock Douglas fir forest. This is the climax species. Uh, there's also red cedar, which from a mushroom perspective is not so interesting. They don't make mushroom friends as the other trees do. And there's also, uh, because this forest has been logged here, there's uh, quite an element of alders and also where there's a bit more moisture, cottonwoods. And we are in the Redmond Watershed Park, which is a nice big park northwest of Redmond, where there's a beautiful environment here. I would guess the forests are at least 80, 100 years old or so. And of course, where there's forest, there's mushrooms. Uh, mushrooms need moisture and the right temperatures, and also they have their own seasonality. So spring has usually different mushrooms than fall. What are the main edible mushrooms here in Washington state that, that we can talk about? So in, in the spring, it is especially morels, then uh, verpers or spring morels, and the oysters come a little later. I think we should go find some mushrooms. That's a brilliant idea, right? That's what we're here for. We are looking for the dead alders. I just see over there, there's a couple of fruiting bodies on this decaying piece of wood. Nothing edible, but just to give you the idea, you see here is this dead 
that moist wood still really moist after all that heat because wood retains moisture so well. And therefore, um, here we have a bunch of fruiting bodies. These are actually turkey tails. Ooh, look at that. And they're still all white down below. <laughs> Whole bunch of little insects crawling around. And these turkey tails, though we can't really enjoy them as food because they're way too tough, but they have an excellent taste and they make an awesome broth. And um, so I'll, I'll pick a couple. Ooh, look at this guy with a fire red spider aphid. Oh yeah. And, and that's not for the cooking part. That's just, <laughs> he just does that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we take a couple here of these turkey tails and they need at home, the best is to work with the scissors to cut off the little bark pieces you don't want to make an extract of, right? Maybe that's a great taste. And then they're already pretty dry. So you can see this is, you hear the cracking here, which turkey tails are very leathery. Huh? Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, some of them are really dry. And, but that doesn't matter for what we're doing here because, um, doing an extract here, like parboiling maybe for 20 minutes or so, and then it leaves a really nice taste in the water. And that's excellent to be used when you make any kind of sauce. And it's, it's I mean, all these mushrooms have this really nice umami taste. You know, more and more people like we've been discussing are interested in mushrooms and eating mushrooms. What are the other things people should think about before they go mushrooming? Well, okay, so, now thinking here, we're in a suburban habitat. So I once talked to a mycologist who said, I wouldn't pick a, per I wouldn't pick a mushroom within 50 miles of a human settlement. Uh, I think he was living up in the Northwest Territory. <laughs> so I was somewhere in between, do not pick on a landfill or mine tailings or next to a railroad, a highway, you know, polluted areas. You do not want to pick mushrooms because mushrooms can concentrate heavy metals and other pollutants and never pick mushrooms in a yard that is uh, soaked in salmon toxins you know when people try to turn the lawn into a carpet just mushrooms are off limit there because the likelihood you poison yourself is no, pretty high yeah so anyways this is um so what's uh, i i talked about already the factor that habitat is really important so if you want to find mushrooms if you look for specific mushrooms you have to have the knowledge what are they growing with because it's much easier to first find a tree than looking for a mushroom on every tree or with every tree that might not even be a candidate so um, as i pointed out you got to know what trees are around you because certain mushrooms will show up with certain trees and so this is an important factor you know people are a little funny about yeah. their mushrooming spots yeah. daniel uh, what can you say about that? Because well, that's why I'm taking you here because I haven't been here oyster hunting. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking us any place secret. Well, um, <laughs> so oysters are so abundant, and you know all you gotta know is the dead alder here right now. It could be maples too, but that's more in fall. So we guard our spots, and especially the root-associated mushrooms that live underground. Each year they will show under the right condition in the same spot. Uh, at least our reliable edibles do that, like chanterelles will pop every year if the conditions are fine. And to give away these spots is a little... You know, I am happy to take people out of town to my spots, but if they live in town, it's like, where do you go when you want to find it, right? And 
it's where you've been the last time finding them. Even after you tried a couple times yourself and you didn't find anything, okay, you're desperate, well, let's go to that spot he showed or where we went together. And so with some friends, you know, sometimes we have an agreement like, uh, you know, I wouldn't go without them or other moments it's like, I don't care, everybody goes here. But um, it's nice to have your spots and it takes time to cultivate them, you know, and to expect that everybody would share with you all their spots, no. I mean, we have to work on it. You know, from down here, you drive two hours in the mountains to find them and then there's years where we don't find anything or hardly anything and you know to give away these spots where we worked years on it um, I just hope anybody on the deathbed shares their spots with their friends and families so that we don't forget about them right you bequeath that to your yeah, children yeah, absolutely, and absolutely relatives. absolutely it's it's <laughs> let's find some oyster mushrooms I already found them um, I I actually see already some from right where I'm standing um, Trained they're, eye, Daniel. Well, even without my glasses on here, yeah, but they're a little out of reach. If you look just straight and maybe, let's say, 25 feet above ground, you see that white patch on, on a tree? No. <laughs> Absolutely so, not. Oh. First maple. Oh, I see it. Second I maple. See, it. see that I white patch? I see it. Yeah, so if I put on my glasses, I hope it's still an oyster. It looks very much like it. But I have, there is another spot right here. Um, if you look at about 10 o'clock, much lower down, a them. really nice rich fruiting. I see them. Isn't that just amazing? Beautiful. And it's beautiful. just, what is it here? 20 feet off the trail, you know, and when you think how many hundred people walk by here and they still can just grow there and they're young and uh, perfect. So uh, you've trained my eye. Well, it's, it's really a lot of the computation in your mind to see these things. You have to train your mind. And what is so fascinating, you go out morel hunting, you look at the ground and you don't see a single morel. And suddenly there's five of them. But you look there and they were not there. And you know what it teaches you? Your mind makes the image. Uh -huh. And this is something you learn by mushroom hunting. You just, I mean, there's so much information. All we see, all this ground cover, everything. But we learn to zoom in on the oddities and the colors. So, okay, let's uh, step over these couple obstacles and then we'll have already the spot. Actually, there was a few earlier on, but uh, we had such a good conversation that uh, I didn't see them. I was distracted. Look at those beautiful oyster mushrooms. Aren't they great? And the sun is just... Uh, Great day. Coming around. Wow, so we have a, what is that, a 20 foot stump of a dead alder. And I do recognize the alder by the bark. So it's very helpful to know the bark of trees. And here we have six, seven clusters, big clusters, each maybe 20, 30 mushrooms, which are ready to go. And so this is just perfect state. Yeah, no second thought. These gonna end up in the frying pan after we enjoyed the view of them. Okay, so stunning, really beautiful. Yeah. Now I want to ask you because we just stumbled on this thing. Yeah. We could see you could see it from the trail. Pointed it out to me. Why are these not gone yet? And how long did they take to get here? Well, they were waiting for us, that is very clear. Um, they were hiding themselves to reveal at the right moment, right? The universe provides. Also, this, this spring fruiting of oysters is quite abundant. So people 
take something, but often I've seen often don't even take everything. That's and, a good point. And, and that's, that's a nice practice, you know, not taking everything. You're going to pick these? Sure. Is this your dinner? Uh, this will be dinner, no doubt. Um, let me get my mushroom knife and... Uh, where is... <laughs> now I have it in my car. Okay, so anyways, uh, the, here in this kind, um, so with the oysters, I mean, you see how it grows nicely in clusters. So the easiest, of course, is just to take the whole cluster and um, just like this and then there. Oh, yeah. And there you see, you know, everything's still white, beautifully white. There's no aging showing. There's a little bit here of very harmless decay. So these little babies never going to make it. So, you know, if there's decay, then we, we remove that and uh, just leave the biomass in the forest. And then otherwise, you know, you would cut off where it's attached to the tree. Of course, you don't want to eat the moss. So easily removed. So what are you going to cook with that, Daniel? Now, my favorite is always, I have to admit, uh, mushrooms in a cream sauce. Mm. So I would fry up some onions too, separate from the mushroom, fry the mushroom, slice it first. These ones are nicely ripped also into small pieces. And then uh, I would deglaze with a white wine and then um, some broth, like from the turkey tails or just some veggie broth or something, chicken broth, whatever. Um, and then some cream in the end, salt, pepper, parsley maybe, and uh, that makes an awesome pasta sauce. Daniel, it was a pretty disappointing fall in terms of mushrooming. How much were you looking forward to this spring harvest? Oh, very much. I mean, you know, and especially talking to people who got just into mushrooms, they thought this is the normal here, how hard it is to find mushrooms. I tell all of them, no, last year was a total outlier, and we hope it stays an outlier and is not a normal thing. I mean, it is so unpredictable with climate change. You know, as mushroom hunters, we live for the spring and the fall season. And the fall was just so disappointing. And so spring is here. We had an uh, average amount of precipitation. It was a little cooler in April, so that was all exciting. So when, when we called it home and it's raining, you know, we at least say, oh, great for the mushrooms, you know, even if we prefer it warmer and sunshine, but great for the mushrooms. It's science. It's, it's a science, and there's people even going with a thermometer around and measure the soil temperature. So you need at least 52 uh, degrees. I mean, you know, my head is full of all kinds of theories and whatever. But in, in the end, I think, oh, there shouldn't be mushrooms. It's been so dry. There should be mushrooms. It rained. And, but in the end, you really got to go out and look. And sometimes, how can there be all these mushrooms? It was so dry. Or we had all this rain. How come there is no mushrooms? So they always can surprise us and nothing is like going out in the woods and that's such an important part is us being out in nature anybody going out in the woods picking mushrooms connecting with nature you know we gotta get off the screens and into the woods and enjoy that and it's so good for all of us daniel winkler is the author of fruits of the forest a field guide to pacific northwest edible mushrooms daniel really appreciate the walk today thanks so much well, thank you. It was a pleasure and I'm so happy we found some mushrooms, you know. It's, it's always a bit of a gamble, but it's always great to be out in the forests. 
A quick note before we go, if you get out there and forage for local mushrooms, do your research. Make sure you verify all of a mushroom's characteristics before consuming it. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. If you want to make sure we're around for years to come, support us at the link in the show notes. Today's episode was produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez. Our production team also includes Jenny Cecil Moore, Claire McGrain, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you next year.